Hello, friends. Welcome to the Sound Logic Podcast. We're excited to have you with us. Uh, welcome if you are new to the podcast. If you haven't been with us for a little while, um, this might be new to you, but after every 10 albums, we pause for a moment and do our own personal re ranking of those 10. And then we follow that up by asking the question Do any of these past 10 albums fit in with our list of the greatest albums of all time, at least made up of the albums that are on the Rolling Stone? greatest albums of all time list. Um, so we've reached another milestone. We've tackled another 10 and we get to do one of our favorite things here tonight. And that's talk about the past 10 albums and how they rank for us. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, we made it to 30. We, it seems weird to say a milestone because we've got to 60 <laughs> and now oh, <laughs> on the last, <laughs> working backwards. on the, on the 2012 list. Yeah. And now we're now we're we're at thirty, but no, it's great. We uh, Rolling Stone released a new five hundred list last August, and then we decided we would start over with that list. And here we are; we've already done thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels great, and these re ranks are always a lot of fun because we get to revisit the wonderful albums we've already listened to and reviewed, and just hash out what we liked about them, some of the challenges we have, and then mm-hmm. talk about how they stack up against mm-hmm. each other. So yeah, I, I love I love these re-ranks. They're a lot of fun. Yes, fun is one way to put it. I'm already eyeing up your list and I'm not too happy with some of what I see there, but no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we do have fun with these things and uh, yeah. The interesting thing is that some of these albums we've, of course, we've reviewed already and right? uh, we already know what our opinions are of them. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that in maybe two thirds of the way through this list. Uh, shall That's we just right. get right into it? We may as well. At number 30, so 10th on this list, Rolling Stone had Are You Experienced by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. And for these 10 albums, this was the only re-rank that you and I both agreed on. <laughs> and we, we've both put the same album here. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. We both have Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers right here. Um, We have a whole lot more hip-hop in this new 2020 list. Um, It isn't our sweet spot. We've admitted that before. And this one in particular, um, boy, it really is different than any of the others that we've talked about so far on the SoundLogic podcast. Um, I have it here partially because... I felt like there was some aggressive, uh, I don't know, posturing. I, I, I guess that's a, a big part of gangster rap. Um, but but a, um, just a vibe that didn't really strike me as something that I want to return to. Uh, it was fascinating. It was maybe <laughs> a little like looking at a, a painting in an art gallery that causes you to think and is interesting, but one that you're like, I'd never hang that in my house, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was ready to move on from it when, when we were done. Uh, it's certainly worthy of being on this list. I can see why other people would think it's great. Um, and I think it, it, for me at least acts as sort of a mile marker in 
the evolution of uh, rap and hip hop music. Uh, just not my thing. And and with these re-rankings, I really tend to make it personal and say, you know, of these 10, what do I want to put on the most today? And that goes in the number one slot. Which do I want to put on the least today? And and that goes here at number 10. Yeah, that's almost word for word what I was thinking and what I would say. Uh, this hip hop in general, and particularly this hop, hip hop is this hop. I like and particularly that. this type of hip hop. <laughs> hip hop is uh, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, I did. Uh, I I was glad to have listened to it, and mm-hmm. you know, almost as a almost like a textbook was. Yeah. I, I know how important this is for hip hop of that time, and as a building block. And I know there's lots yeah. of people who love it. It's just not my thing. the la- The language was a challenge. Uh, and not mm-hmm. just the specific curse words, but just it's very aggressive and violent at times. And I, I did struggle mm-hmm. with that. Um, even yeah. that aside, it's not really I mean, some of the the different styles of of the delivery, the the rapping, mm-hmm. the rhyming uh, was really interesting. And to hear nine different artists and all in mm. one track have unique styles was was really quite interesting. It's just not one I really see listening to a lot again. So I guess there's a lot of bias uh, with putting that here. Yeah, I was gonna say um, I think I learned I think I learned a lot on this review. I didn't I knew that there mm. were a lot of people in the clan, but I had no idea that there were nine. I now know why it has 36 chambers there for the uh, reference <laughs> right, to right. The hearts. Um, and I I think even just like the sort of composition of uh, you know nine people trying to share space uh i think is really fascinating i think Mm -hmm. i feel like i learned a whole lot just in like you know going through the wikipedia page for this album (laughs) yeah no it's definitely very interesting but uh not gonna probably not gonna put that one on a whole lot probably not Uh, moving on to number 29 uh so ninth in this list of 10 is the beatles self-titled album the beatles also known as the white album Mm -hmm. uh you and I had two different albums here. Um, why don't you go first? Cause this kind of ties in with the last one. Yeah. Here's where I have uh, ready to die. Uh, notorious BIG album. And um, I think it's here for a lot of the same reasons. I was more intrigued by this one. I like the sort of narrative arc, the concept album nature to it. Sort mm-hmm. of clear mm-hmm. beginning, middle and end. Um, and a couple of the tracks I think are, are ones that have a nice nostalgia for me, but, um, it also too has a very kind of aggressive nature to it. Uh, you know, again, I'd call it sort of, uh, posturing for posturing sake or for showing your, your, your cred. Um, and I just, that's not really, uh, something that I get fired up about. And so I have it here, uh, right above the Wu-Tang. Right. How about you? What comes in here in this ninth slot? Well, I've got um, The Velvet Underground and Nico by The Velvet Underground. This was one that we reviewed a while ago and come back to. There are one or two songs that I really like and the rest of it I could I could do without. And I, I would never say okay. that it's bad because I don't think that it's bad. It's just not, again, it's not my thing. I don't really see uh, returning to that. Mm-hmm. Um good segue into the next spot rolling stone had d'angelo's voodoo but that's where you put the velvet underground nico so 
you you will listen to that just <laughs> a, a little bit sooner than you'd listen to the two hip hop albums in this group of ten. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, that's a an album I'm really glad mm. I got to listen to. Uh, again, kind of for its historic value, uh, similar to the two albums that I've already referenced, but not something I don't think I've put it back on since we did that review. Wow. Um, you know, almost has it been almost two years, a year and a half ago? Yeah, you may have listened yeah. to a track here. Or there, almost but, two um, years. You've got something else here, though, in the in the eighth spot. Yes, that's right. This is where I've got uh, Patty Smith's horses and very similar to the velvet underground and Nico. I, I found it fascinating. Really glad I listened to it. Um, I found it very challenging, uh, strange at times, disturbing at times. Um, I, I, I'm not familiar with Patty Smith's music at all. So I, I was glad to listen to it. What an amazing artist. Again, I just, uh, I don't see coming back especially right now, like every, you know, we're in, we're a year into uh, a pandemic and lockdowns. Uh, I mean, sorry, we're more than a year into a pandemic, but with all the lockdowns and everyone feeling isolated and yeah. depressed, um, horses is not something that that I want to put on right now. Um, <laughs> I need something to lift me up, and mm. and that's not really mm -hmm. what horses does. It's a lot darker. Mm -hmm. um, I could see other times maybe, yeah, having more uh, strength to to listen to that, but. Um, it's hard because a lot of it does has to have to do with mood. It's mm -hmm. it's just, I'm just not in the mood for it. There might be another time, maybe if you ask me a year from now and I'll say, yeah, you know, I've really been getting into horses again. And uh, so it might, because it, again, it was fascinating um, as a storyteller. Wow. She's just, what an interesting uh, images and metaphor and stories. It's, it's, it's quite something, but yeah. again, not, not really my thing. 28, number 28 was Voodoo. 27 is the Wu-Tang, and we've both placed that already, but this is where uh, Voodoo lands for you at number seven, number 27. Yeah. So D'Angelo's Voodoo, you put just mm -hmm. a little bit higher than Rolling Stone had it. What? Th this was a new one for both you and I. Mm -hmm. um, have, you, have you put it back on since we reviewed it? I feel like I have because I just finished editing that episode a few days oh. ago. Um, <laughs> That's right. So I was listening to it while I <laughs> while I did that. Um, uh, I don't think that it's one that I will necessarily put back on. Um, really, these bottom four probably all fall into that category. But I mm. I found myself mm. respecting the sound created on Voodoo, and it, I think it would make uh, at least after the first three tracks it would make for uh i think a really nice background chill uh, album to just kind of throw on in the background um uh we talked about it several times on our review of it feeling like especially those later tracks like sinking down into a a, a comfy couch or a hot tub or something like that like there's just this like chillness mm. to yeah. it that I, I is really quite powerful the way that it's been crafted and um so it's something I really respect, but not something necessarily that like I feel a lot of um, compulsion to be to be returning to. Uh, I'm glad to know it's out there, and um, you know, uh, <laughs> our uh, our high school Canadian uh, version of 
uh, D'Angelo, um, Remy Shand. I probably put that album on every couple of years. Uh, so I'm guessing Voodoo will probably okay. fall in that same category, like something that doesn't really get much play, but maybe every once in a long while when I feel like it, it might, it might find its way back on. Right. Yeah. This is where I placed, uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die. I think for me, this one was just a little catchier. I still struggle again with some of the same things as Wu-Tang, the language, uh, the, the violence, uh, kind of gangsta uh, image and persona that uh, I find very problematic that so many people kind of aspire to that um, bothers me. Uh, but there's some really mm-hmm. familiar songs and catchy tunes, ones that if I don't remember from the time, I certainly remember from the last, you know, 10 15 years of my life. So I think I, I just want to put that on a little more than the other ones, but still there are challenges with it. I mm. think, I think mm-hmm. really just a couple songs that I'll be coming back to on that one. <laughs> and I think we could guess what, what those songs are. Um, but again, it was very interesting um, to learn about that. I think it's fascinating that you've got uh notorious big here above patty smith because patty smith i understand your reasoning for it but she seems more in your wheelhouse sort of from a genre standpoint um was it just that that there's something interesting or compelling about ready to die as opposed to horses that that it gets the nod above it i think the the catchiness of it and Mm, i think some of the challenges i have with um Velvet Underground and Nico and kind of that early punk movement. I have some of the same challenges with horses that it's just a little disjointed, a little raw. Um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's the catch in it again. Like I'm just craving upbeat things, you know, just, I was waiting for you and mm-hmm. I was listening to like some really upbeat, catchy Beck music, you know, and I don't even listen to that much anymore, but I just <laughs> finding myself these days, just wanting something, upbeat fast tempo kind of almost as a more of a distraction than anything else which isn't always healthy but um okay i I think that's part of it um and just the upbeat like listening to you know Uh juicy and big papa and some of the other stuff is just got like that beat you know (laughs) i i it's kind of fun it is it's fun for me i have to ignore some of the lyrics but it is it is just a little more fun i think if all of, if all of horses yeah. was Redondo yeah. Beach, I might listen to it. I mean, it, it wouldn't be, have nearly the depth yeah. <laughs> that it does if the whole album was Redondo Beach. But yeah, um, right, right. That's the kind of thing that I think is just right. kind of what I'm leaning towards. But I think, as usual, you know, there's a grouping at the bottom when we do these, and a grouping at the top. And you, I could shuffle around these last four or five albums, kind of in any way, and it would kind of. Ex- not that they're totally interchangeable, but kind of express kind of how I feel about them. Yeah, that makes sense. So that moves us from 26 to 27. So this is where Rolling Stone had Patti Smith's horses. Uh, this is where I put D'Angelo's voodoo. I Again, I think just slightly a little catchier. I, I want to spend a little more time with this one because there's a ton of depth in this album. Uh, there's a lot of different things happening. I feel like I listen. I listened to it through a few times before we reviewed it, but I feel like I owe it to D'Angelo and those who created the album to listen to it a few more times. It it is it is comfortable. 
it's very cozy it's very uh very warm like feels you know it's like a, a warm fireplace you know uh-huh. um it's just <laughs> and and there's a lot of really mm-hmm. cool sounds that that um ne- early neo soul movement uh really really nice um i know there were some like there was one or two radio singles i think but it's not really like a radio album and maybe that's one of the struggles i have with it it's yeah it's yeah. more like just like a cozy pair of track pants than, <laughs> you know, a flashy uh, jacket. Like a, it's not a, it's not like a in your face hit single album. It's more like yeah. something yep. that you just get very comfortable with. It's yep. very soothing. Um, and maybe that's it, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's voodoo for me. what do you have here at 26? This might be my most cringeworthy pick. This is where I have Are You Experienced? And it feels like a real big shame to have um, Jimi Hendrix ranked sixth out of 10 of any grouping of albums. Um, And I'm not exactly Mm. sure what's going on here for me. Uh, This is, I think I've admitted in the review of this album that this was what I expected to find on the list. Uh, An album that if I hadn't heard it before, that I would know a lot of the songs on it and it would be familiar, even though I wasn't terribly um, experienced (laughs) with it. Um, It's also really good. It's groundbreaking. It's foundational, but I really have to be in the right headspace or mood to say, boy, I really could go for some Jimi Hendrix right now. He's almost more like someone who I say, boy, I really admire that talent and that, um, that innovation, but, but not someone that I need on regular repeat, maybe something that I just, uh, uh, I'm glad knowing it's there, <laughs> um, but not necessarily something I'm, I'm drawn to put on, uh, frequently. And so it winds up here, um, behind mm. a little bit more quirky and, and interesting, uh, album, that I haven't mentioned yet, but horses is, is above it. I, I, and that surprised me, but I think horses, I feel like there's still some meat on the bone there that I'm trying to sort through and want to return to, to, to figure it out. I know what I'm getting when I put on Jimi yeah. Hendrix, it's going to impress me. It's familiar, but nothing about it is like, uh, going to surprise me or, or make me really wrestle with it. Um, I I'll have, there'll definitely be some wow factor, but not, it's not going to like make me want to dig a little deeper. Um, that's a really sort of roundabout way of explaining why it's here and not a little higher on the list. Maybe I'm still <laughs> struggling with that dynamic, but um, anyway. And yeah, so I, I may as well jump to number 25 there. I referenced that Horses came in above that Hendrix album. Um, I I like Patti Smith's kind of punk edge to her. I wish that I'd known about this album a long time ago. Um I think in a better, healthier headspace, non-pandemic, mm. I'd probably really enjoy digging deeper into horses. Um, there's a rawness and an authenticity to it that reminds me a lot of some of the other powerful, authentic, raw, honest female artists that have been on this list already, like Joni Mitchell, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill is another unabashedly uh, bearing your soul kind of kind of vibe. Uh, uh, it's it's compelling and i really think it's um, something i want to revisit at some point yep that that part of it i certainly agree with um so that's your 25 rolling stone had carol king's tapestry 
neither of us have mentioned yet. Uh, we're <laughs> foreshadowing there. Uh, this is where I put uh, the Beatles White Album. Um, if this wasn't the Beatles, I might have bumped it down a little bit lower. But ah! I want to say... <laughs> Um, the al the songs on this album that are good for me are really, 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 really good, like incredible. And the songs that are, in my opinion, are not that great are just really bother me and bring the whole album down for me. And I think that's, that's my struggle with this album is not the songs that are good, but the songs that I don't like, um, which is unfortunate you, because there's me. some great stuff here and I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well, you and i have already talked about this album uh reviewed it twice now sort of and uh i know that it's one of your favorites so i don't want to be too negative on it i just struggle with a few things <laughs> um sure sure with it I, i'm also very uh in the same we haven't talked about uh sergeant peppers yet but in the same way that that went from number one to 24 this album goes from number mm-hmm. 10 to 29. So we see some Beatles albums really moving down the ranking. And I find that very interesting. Does that mean they're just, they're less relevant? People making music uh, aren't, aren't into them as much anymore. They're not getting voted on as much. What does it mean? Um, it would seem like that the Beatles would be the most coveted band in the world forever. You know, that nothing could touch yeah. them. And now yeah. we see maybe that shifting a little bit and, and, I don't want to say that I'm happy about that because I'm, yeah, I love the Beatles. They're fantastic. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of world would it be if, if nobody ever, <laughs> ever changed their opinion or, or if times if culture and music and what's popular never change, you know, that wouldn't be a very exciting world to live in either. And there'd never be any progress in terms of thought and art and style. So, um, I guess it has to happen eventually. It's just kind of, uh, they're they're kind of they're a very special band, <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. But I don't think that I've listened to every single Beatles album start to finish. I've listened to most of them. Um, of all of them, this is one that I really it really challenges me, uh, which is saying something because I mm-hmm. do love them a lot. And uh, yeah, as we'll discuss, there some of their albums are some of my favorite of all times. But this is not one of them. Mm-hmm. So um, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I think that's good. We uh, we move from talking about Beatles to move to another Beatles album. The 24, as I mentioned, is where Rolling Stone put Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, the Beatles album that was in the last two versions of this list, number one. Um, and this is where you agree with uh, Rolling Stone. You left it exactly where it is. You want yeah. to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't the Beatles, I might have put it down a little bit more. Um, but I'm just <laughs> borrowing a phrase from you. <laughs> um, Listen, I'm just trying to be honest, uh, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's see. What do I have to say about this? I, I really like Peppers. And um, spoiler alert, I have the White Album right above it, just one spot higher. I like these both an awful lot i would probably be you know if you twisted my arm tonight and said you know peppers is really better you know i i need you to switch these two around i wouldn't have too uh too much of a complaint about that uh i um okay 
I think there is a piece about peppers <laughs> Just that do it. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me see if I can justify this decision <laughs> right now. Um, sure. So I think in the same way that you find elements of the White Album a little bit too silly, I think I wonder sometimes when I'm listening to Peppers um, if if I am also bothered by its silliness too. You know, the way that it sort of begins um, this sort of fictional Heart, Lonely Hearts Club band and, uh, you know, they're sort of singing in this jokingly way to um, this audience out there somewhere it's great but i think there's other beatles stuff that i like more than it uh this toss-up between peppers and the white album i think i feel that they both have uh, a little bit of extra silliness that i don't necessarily know what to do with okay the sort of concept album quality of peppers this sort of intro and outro um, even this sort of experimental sitar inclusion i have to be in the right mood for for the campiness of peppers to to win me over um i think some of that is there for sure on the white album but i think the songs i love on the white album i love just a little bit more than the songs i love on peppers and so okay maybe that's That's my simple rationale for for why i have these two like this um uh i'm i too am interested to sort of see what the longevity of uh, this incredible greatest band of all time will wind up as, you know, can they continue Mm -hmm. to hold people's imagination or do we start to forget just how innovative and brilliant they are because they've been around and in our faces for, for so long and in our ears and in pop culture for, for so long. Um, Right. We'll only find out with the passage of time, but uh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's what I've got it here. Uh, it, so yeah, here in the number four spot is Sergeant Peppers for me. Agreeing with Rolling Stone. That doesn't happen too often, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you had Sergeant Peppers at 24. This is where I put, um, this is where I put Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. Uh, Rolling Stone put it a little higher and you haven't talked about it yet. So we know you put it higher. What do I say about Born to Run? Uh, there are some songs on it that I really, really like. I have not, I don't think I've returned to this album uh, and, and there's nothing about it that I really, I can't say that I don't like the album because I, I did like it. And there's, it's such a big sound, um, huge sound, you know, heavily produced. We know yeah. how much time yeah. uh, Bruce spent on it and how he had people, you know, just in agony doing take after take after take. I think he created something really special for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it, I guess, f- sounds a little tired. Um, but some of it sounds tremendous. And there's a lot of the, I don't know if you, maybe you'll talk about this a little later, Ben. We didn't talk about this too much when we reviewed it. There's there's a lot of Americana uh, nostalgia in it that um, I just find I have a really hard time relating to. You know, I didn't grow up in the u.s at all i didn't grow up in the 60s and 70s uh go through some of the things and there's a lot of that imagery like kind of like listening to bob dylan mm-hmm. you know I, he talks about a lot of places and being on the road yeah. and i i can relate to some of the ideas but none of the specifics and i wonder if that's some something that's really appealing to people about the boss that that is lost on me so maybe that's part of it but but i do have mm-hmm. it fairly high up here um you know, fourth out of these 10. I did, I did enjoy it. And it is a tremendous album. Just not, not my favorite out of this group. That's fair. Um, and that, 
That brings us to number 23, where Rolling Stone had Velvet Underground and Nico. This is where I put Are You Experienced by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. This this is one of those ones, again, I know you had it a little lower. When we came back, when we reviewed this, and I hadn't listened to this album in a while, and I went, oh man, it's so good. It's just so good. And Hendrix is so amazing. And I was so kind of infatuated with it. But after maybe a month, I thought, oh, I haven't really come back to it that much. You know, it kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, it's like uh, something oh, like a hard drug where you, you know, you get kind of a high off it, but then it fades very quickly, except I didn't get addicted to it and I don't really want more. Um, <laughs> but when I do listen to it, I go, oh, wow, that's so, uh, that's so incredible. That's so amazing. And really, it is truly a masterpiece. And as a debut, I mean, he just highlights all the amazing things he can do with his guitar, with songwriting, singing, the rest of the band. Oh, man, it's just incredible. So, um, yeah, this is this is here. Um, I have this one on vinyl. I love listening on vinyl. Um, and that's my number three. Uh, what did you have for number 23, Ben? Uh, so yeah, this is, as I mentioned, this is where I have the white album. These two are kind of interchangeable for me, Sgt. Peppers and the white album. Uh, that's my 23. I don't know that I have more to say about it. Uh, I really like both of these and I think I have a, uh, I don't know why, but I, I gravitated to, and I've said this on a review and then a re-review, <laughs> I gravitated to the white album for some reason the first time I heard it and, uh, it stuck with me in that, in that way. It's, a an album I made sure to pick up on vinyl. So that moves us to number 22, second on this list. Um, Rolling Stone had Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G. And this is where I had uh, Sgt. Peppers. And Ben, you've talked about Sgt. Peppers. Uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. I'm tempted when I think about it to say, ah, oh, it's so overplayed and I kind of know it all and I've been there and so I want to knee-jerk reaction is to put it a little lower. Mm -hmm. But then I go and I listen to it, and it's just so so good. Um, so many great songs. It's well put together. There, it's it's quirky, but it's experimental enough for me that it's still really really great and accessible. And every time I think I'm not really into Sgt. Pepper's anymore and I put it on just to make sure and I go, oh man, it's still really good. I really <laughs> love it. So I've got it here. I've got it here at number two out of 10. Um, yep. What did you have here, Ben? This is where I have Carol King's incredible tapestry album. This is one of the albums that I've known for the longest on this Rolling Stone list. And um, okay. surprised yep. me a little bit to have it in the second spot rather than in the first. I think the first time <sighs> through um, when we were going through the 2012 list, it was the number one album in its block of 10 for me. Um, so I must have something mm, okay. that I have fallen in love with just a little bit more above it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And, and, uh, uh, I think that's a good time to move to the, the number one spot. The 21 spot was Bruce Springsteen's board to run. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is where I have tapestry. Um, a good choice. There might be albums that I like a little more <laughs> on this group of 10. Sergeant Peppers is great. Our experience is great. Listening to tapestry was a new experience for me. Um, I've never really listened to Carol King. It's a, it's a genre style, you know, the, uh, it's kind of the, the beginning of 
you know, easy listening and adult mm-hmm. contemporary and light rock and kind of it was what was on CHFI in my mom's car, you know, in the late 80s and early mm-hmm. 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really surprised me. It's so lovely and warm and uh, it's just it's a very, very special album. I've talked to people who grew up with it, who, you know, who were in their late teens, early 20s, and they just speak about it with such a reverence so warmly and it's one that uh the first time i listened to it was on vinyl uh with with my wife i said you know i got this and and so we just sat down and put it on and and that was special too so um mm-hmm. and i do like coming back i have listened to it again a few times and and i really really do like it um and it's very special so that that's uh, i put that at number one i you know, Sergeant Pepper's Are You Experienced? They're so good. You could convince me mm-hmm. again, but but this was just, I think it would just surprise me so much that I, I want to have it at number one. But you mentioned there's one that you, that you love that album a whole lot, but there's one that you've grown to love a little more. So I want you to tell us what that is. And I'm really, I remember when you listened for this for the first time. Yeah. How much you were drawn to it, and then how much you kept listening to it again. So I'm, I'd like to hear. You know, we're we're almost a year, almost two years removed from that. Tell us which <laughs> album this is and why it continues to really draw you in. Yeah, this is where I have uh, Born to Run. I apparently agreed with Rolling Stone a couple of times here this this time through. Um, <laughs> I really like this album and. Perhaps it gets an, an extra nudge because it was so unexpected. Um, I thought mm-hmm. I thought yeah. I didn't like Bruce Springsteen. Um, so to so to <laughs> fall in love with this album was just a complete shock, and maybe that is sort of um, kept it in in my mind. Uh, I referenced when we when we started season five that it was one of the first records that I bought for my new record player and. Um, yeah, it just I, yeah. I don't know. I can put it on just about any time. It isn't it isn't as deep as some of the others in this group of ten. Um, it's almost like <clears throat> the antithesis of horses. Like I, I know that I'll have a, a sort of happy ride when I put Born to Run on, as opposed to horses that's going to really like get into some deep dark sides of humanity. Um, it's just really fun and uh and i enjoy right, it and, right and so with my sort of standard um impulses we're doing this re-rankings of like what do you want to listen to now born to run slightly gets that edge over tapestry which i'll also listen to just about any time because it's also brilliant and wonderful cool so there it is that's it the re-rank now we got to figure out if uh yeah if any of these fit on our long running top 10 if you're not familiar what we do here is of all the albums we've reviewed so far on this list uh, we then we rank our top 10 and of course it becomes more and more challenging and interesting as uh, as we move on mm-hmm. we do this a few different ways usually usually we kind of go through and talk about what's changed and as as we move through you know we got we did this we were through 60 albums. So as we got to those, you know, it was changing less and less, uh, but now we're back here mm-hmm. and there's a lot coming into it. How, how many of this most recent 10 wound up on your list here, Mike? 
Okay, from this 10, I've put in Tapestry, my number five overall, Pepper's number, my number seven, and Argue Experience, my number eight overall. Okay. Um, so those are the three from this group of 10 that I've that I've put in. These are really, these are tough. These are so hard. Mm-hmm. There's so many good yeah. albums. So many. Uh, and there's some that like I really, really love. And there's some that I really don't care mm-hmm. for. And there's a bunch in the middle that are like, oh, they're good. But I don't listen to them all the time. Yeah, it's tough. Um, right. What about you? How how many did you move over from this group of ten? Yeah, I also wound up moving um, moving three albums as well. Uh, okay. I kept them in a block again, similar to I think what happened last time. They slot in just after Pet Sounds on my old list and bumped off uh, Revolver, Kid A, and Thriller. So. Um, yeah, so <laughs> there's a new uh, Lauren Hill has fallen from the uh, seventh spot to the tenth spot, um, so she'll be next to go if, yeah. if another one ever gets added. And um, uh, yeah, everything in my top six stayed the same. Okay, I guess my top three, my top four stayed the same. Glad to see. I'm glad to see Thriller logically rejoining the ranks um maybe we'll have <laughs> yeah to go back i left and, it off last time and, I don't... and re-edit that episode that re-ranking and uh sure <laughs> have a chuckle about that <laughs> uh yeah you know that that's another one that's just so good but yeah maybe a little overplayed at times so that's uh so there's another re-ranking third edition this time and uh yeah we got a lot of great stuff coming up um mm-hmm. Ben, if you could pick one or two albums you're really looking forward to in the next ten, what what would you say? I know we've well, we've been listening to some of them, some of them we've reviewed already. Yeah, um, I boy, I Intervisions has been my number one choice, and it's coming up here in this next block of ten. Um, it'll be interesting to revisit that one. Songs in the Key of Life is my current number one, and and we got to that one later than Intervisions. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've listened to that a little bit more than Intervision since um, since discovering it. So we'll see how that how that plays. That's maybe the one that immediately right. jumps out to me. But I'm also really interested in Beyonce's Lemonade. That's an album that I know a lot of people love, and I know very very little about it. Um, mm-hmm. th- of the ones that I haven't listened to, I think that's the one that stands out to me as the the one to look forward to. I I know about half of these ones coming up. I guess we've reviewed about half of these ones. Um, the other half are going to be totally reviewed to half of them. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in Amy Winehouse's back to black. Um, I remember when she kind of burst onto the scene with her yeah. big hit rehab. Um, and she was such a big deal and across genres and, and people who were famous back yeah. in the 60s which is the style she's singing where you know i remember she did a duet with tony bennett and i heard an interview with tony bennett saying you know just how great she was and what an incredible talent yeah. and you know that's i think that's saying something um i'm really curious to to listen to this whole album and hear you know why people uh, herald it as you know so great and into influential it's up here at the 33rd best album ever and i'm Right I, re- right. I can't argue because I, I don't really have anything to argue about it. I'm just really curious why. So that's one I'm curious. Yeah. Of course, excited about um, 
you know, revisiting some of these classics we've listened to, kind of blue, Robert mm-hmm. Soul, Inner Visions, you know, some great album, Blonde on Blonde, yeah. one of my favorite Dylan albums. And then we have another old school mm-hmm. uh, 90s hip hop album and Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Um, uh, again, I, right. I'm intrigued because, you know, this kind of uh, we were... Pink Floyd wrote Off the Wall, right? Boom. That's a Pink Floyd album, Off the Wall. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, no, that's MJ again. Another MJ. Another famous MJ like me. Um, That'll be fun, too. There's a lot of... There was a... You know, we were younger when, when this hip-hop was coming out, and it was you know, not appropriate for us really at the time. And now we're 25 years past and it's uh, absolutely essential for a building block for the music that's being made right now. It's popular right now. So I'm very interested to come back to all that and listen to what that sounded like. Um, I know I've struggled with some of it, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. So back to black and I'm curious about the chronic as well. Yeah, we hope you've enjoyed reminiscing with us about these albums and talking through them. We hope you'll join us next time when we discuss album number 31, which is Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. That'll be fun. Until then, please be well, take care of yourselves and those around you. We'll talk to you next time on the SoundLogic Podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.